Welcome to That Vacation Co. podcast, and uh, Schnell is sipping on a It's a Small World mug, so that must mean that this is a Disney Hustle episode, and that is the lamest intro you're ever going to get. I told him to do that. I did. I told him to do that. It's my Mary Blair mug. It says, Auf Wiedersehen. (laughs) Yeah, so today we're talking about (laughs) why one should stay on Disney property. And uh, we're excited about this episode because we love to talk about all things Disney, uh, but also we love to talk about Disney resorts. And it just feels like the last, I don't know, couple weeks, we've been talking a lot about Disney properties off the air uh, because we've had a lot of people interested in Disney vacations and all that kind of good stuff. And that's really exciting. We're excited. Uh, And rather than close out with this sentiment, I'm going to say it at the beginning, if you are interested in a magical vacation to Walt Disney World Resort um, or Disneyland when it opens up again, feel free to contact us, That Vacation Co. We would be glad to put together a no-obligation quote for you. We'd be glad to talk about all the things uh, that excite us about Disney and that would excite you and your family about Disney. So feel free to reach out to us. We would be glad to talk to you about those things. But let's kick it off. We're going to be talking about the uh, Disney property itself, Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. We're going to be talking about the the benefits of staying on property versus off property, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, Chanel, why don't you kind of kick us off here? Yeah, um, let me just give here our sort of outline that we're going to use for the day. There's a few main bullet points that we're going to be talking about here about the advantages of staying on property and are they worth the price. Um, Our three uh, main topics that we're going to be talking about here is that um, uh, transportation, we're going to be talking about the dining plan, and then we're going to be talking about um, magic and theming, which really has to do with atmosphere and just your overall experience going to the Disney park. Um, before we get into those three main categories there, um, just want to say that um, we have stayed on and off property as regular park goers. So this is prior to our being uh, Disney travel um, Disney travel planners. We've stayed um, at one of the Good Neighbor Hotels. It was a great, a great experience, and we have stayed at several of the resort properties um, that Disney has. So um, I'll say this. For those new to D- the Disney parks, there are more than 25 Disney Resort hotels at the Walt Disney World Resort, and there are a total of three in Disneyland, California. So um, a lot of people don't know that. Over 25 resort hotels varying in range, and I'll have Caleb talk about those uh, main categories here in a second. Um, but a lot of people think Disney parks, and they think uh, they think Magic Kingdom, or maybe they might even think Epcot. Uh, you know, so they think the castle, they think the big golf ball and, uh, maybe some teacups and this and that and the other. Um, but they don't often know that the Disney world property has over 25 resorts. That is really astounding and gives you the scale of how huge this property is. Each of these resorts are a a destination in and of themselves as we'll, as we'll talk about them more in this episode and as we'll talk about individual ones in future episodes, um, 
but these, like I've said, these resorts could be a destination in themselves. You could easily spend a couple of days here enjoying the resorts and their pools and amenities. Um, so this is definitely something we want to talk about. Um, like I mentioned, in California, there are far less because California, uh, the park, the, the parks there in California just don't have the same blessing of size. But there are three uh, beautiful resort hotels there in Disneyland, Cal- in California as well. So, Caleb, do you want to give them the overview of the classifications? Yeah. So, when we're talking Disney World hotels, uh, you know, Chanel mentioned there's more than twenty five. Uh, we need to mention that there is an abundance of categories uh, and, and styles that really can fit any person's dream vacation. Uh, and it's actually far more affordable. Uh, maybe say that with an asterisk. Um, it's far more affordable than maybe you have previously thought. The reason I put an asterisk is because it's, it's not that it's cheap, by any means, uh, but there are options available that are probably more affordable than you may have initially thought. Now, the main three categories are value, moderate, and deluxe. Now, there are some additional categories that kind of sneak in uh, between the lines there, like there's some value resorts that are kind of what some people have termed value plus. Um, and now I think you could even make the argument that there are, is a couple moderate resorts, well, at least one moderate resort, uh, Disney's Coronado Springs, that really could be labeled as moderate plus uh, because of the addition of the Grandestino Tower, uh, which is absolutely gorgeous. We've stayed at Disney's Coronado Springs. We've uh, ventured all over that resort and the, the Grandestino Tower. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, there's deluxe resorts, but there's also deluxe villas. And then, of course, you've got the whole list of DVC. That's the Disney Vacation Club uh, suites and and the whole ensemble of rooms that are available for that. So three main categories, but there's also those kind of shoulder categories that go in that as well. Uh, In the value resort category, there's also the Disney Fort Wilderness campgrounds. Um, and these are exactly that. It's a it's a campground. So if you bring a tent, you could stay in a tent. Uh, many people bring an RV. And there's electrical hookups and uh, hydro hookups there for my Canadian listeners. There's hydro. Um, and, and these are great. They're very affordable. And there's a whole atmosphere that goes into the Disney campground area. Uh, and that, that really could be the subject of a whole other podcast. Uh, but value are the most affordable, obviously, by the term value. Uh, you have the all-star resorts as well as Pop Century and the Art of Animation. The Art of Animation resort is the one that I would kind of throw into that value plus category. Three-fourths of the hotel are given to family suites, and one-fourth are kind of those standard rooms. Uh, they are the Little Mermaid uh, standard rooms. Now, there, the art of animation tends to be a little bit on the higher range of the value uh, resorts, whereas the all-star resorts tend to be on the lower range of the value. We've stayed at both Pop Century and All-Star Movies. And our favorite was, of those two, I, well, I'll say my favorite was Pop Century of those two. Uh, but they both have their, their perks and their, their good things. And uh, really, the prices on these depend on when you're going. Um, but I would say, without trying to put necessarily a dollar range on that, 
um, because it really just depends on length of stay and all that kind of stuff. Uh, The value resorts are going to be on par with other hotels that you might stay at, Um, you know, like when you're pricing a hotel for the evening or for a weekend or something like that. That's where the value resorts tend to fall. Could we maybe say something like... um... Holiday Inn, Days Inn, would those be good Yeah, I'd feel pretty confident in that. The moderate resorts um, are a little bit pricier than that. Uh, And these resorts uh, also come with a little bit more style and and all that good stuff. Um, There's more dining destinations at these moderate resorts, more activities. The pools are a little bit funner. Although I have to say, from the looks, the Art of Animation pool, the big blue pool, uh, is is killing it as far as uh, kid-friendly decor. Uh, and as well, Art of Animation, I've heard many good things about their food court there. But, you know, you go to Disney's Coronado Springs, now you've got the addition of things like lounges. Uh, so if you're looking for a place to maybe get a drink or something like that, the lounges are there, as well as there's, you know, table service restaurants and all that good stuff, along with the food court style quick service meal that you can get. And then you get to the deluxe category, and these are going to be fancier hotels. They're going to, you're going to be paying. This is where it's going to get a little more pricey, but you get, you get your money's worth, I think. Um, Far more amenities and and things like that. The rooms are gorgeous. The uh, level of Disney magic that they pour into them is is far more above and beyond. Uh, So these are going to be resorts like the Disney Polynesian, uh, the Grand Floridian. Which is iconic. Yeah, I guess that's kind of like the granddaddy of them all, right? I mean, if you're at Disneyland, they've got their version, the uh, uh, Grand Californian. And, you know, these are deluxe resorts. They're fabulous as well. You can be a DVC member and, you know, we're not experts on DVC. So I would suggest you reach out to, I don't know, maybe like the Diz Unplugged guys on YouTube and watch their DVC stuff. Uh, We don't sell DVC points. We, you know, I don't even know how all that works because we've just never done it. Uh, But there's all that good stuff. And there's more restaurants. There's more lounges. There's more excitement all packed in and usually the deluxe resorts are placed in a location that is closer to the parks and has a lot more transportation options so for instance if you were to stay at at polynesian grand floridian or contemporary you're on what's known as the monorail line for the magic kingdom these are monorail resorts and so you have access uh, to the parks via monorail Uh, there's a new walking path that was just built from the grand floridian to magic kingdom and I believe you technically could walk from the Polynesian to that walking path, that Grand Floridian. Correct me if I'm wrong. Leave us a comment. Um, and as well, beyond that, you you have water access at those resorts. You can go via boat. And, you know, there's also the new Skyliner. So, you know, if you're staying at a place like um, the new Riviera Resort, which is a DVC club resort uh there's the the skyliner there but you can also get to the skyliner from pop century so that's pretty cool so those are the different classifications those are the different tiers um obviously there's differences in those tiers that i kind of went over quickly their their overall atmosphere there's some differences as you go but whatever you choose you can be sure that you will be given a quality disney experience um, these these resorts each have unique storylines because Disney is nothing 
if it doesn't have stories. Everything's got a story. Every attraction has a story um, that go along with the corresponding theming and decor. I will say this. If you're an experienced collector like us, that's that's the thing you're looking for. That's the extra magic that you're looking for. And you you try out different resorts because you're collecting those experiences. I, I have to say, like right now, my favorite resort is probably Coronado Springs. And Agreed. one of the storyline touches that I really liked, um, this is after they've refurbished the rooms in the last couple years, uh, was this uh, kind of like additional layer of the three caballeros um and you'll see that in the rooms they have the the art pieces with the three caballeros so uh, right i love i love that it's a nod to it it's not in a tacky way um the decor stays really tasteful and the theme flows well throughout the entire um throughout the entire resort but you do get those nods to like the three caballeros which are my favorite disney characters um but i'll talk more about that at the end cuz i'm going to use coronado as an example so i don't want to get too far ahead of myself there so uh our first major category so after now that we've given the sort of the overview of the disney resort hotels we're going to go over their advantages and the first one being transportation transportation is a big deal when you're talking about um and specifically we're more so dealing with Walt Disney World um, in this episode, but transportation is a big deal when you're talking about uh, the Walt Disney World Resort because it is such a huge resort. It's like its own city, maybe, and then some. So getting around on property is a big deal. Staying on property, obviously, is going to help with that. So one of the advantages is the variety of free transportation and its frequency. Caleb's already listed the various transportation modes that can get you around on the Disney property, and all of those that he listed are free. The Disney buses, um, which I don't think we've mentioned yet, but we're going to get to, those are free. The monorail is free. The Skyliner is free. The Disney water transportation's free. And obviously, your two legs are free. (laughs) Um, Though you might pay a price later. You might pay a price later. So get those blister band-aids that we talked about before and have good walking shoes because you will walk a lot. Um, So transportation is a big deal. The complimentary Disney transportation is a huge plus to staying on property. Uh, at all of the Walt Disney World resorts, there are buses that run continuously during park hours transporting guests to the park. And these buses run approximately every 20 minutes on average um, on site of all the Disney World Resort hotels. So whether you're at value, moderate, or deluxe, there is an intricate bus system that is running to and from Animal Kingdom, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, Disney Springs. Um, it, it's astounding when you see the scale of this operation and you see just the, the number of buses that are constantly in, move, in, in motion. Um, and beyond that, too, you know, not just to the parks, you know, uh, in the COVID world, it's been a little bit different. But uh, on a normal time at Disney, you can also take all this transportation uh, to connect the dots to anywhere you want to go within the Walt Disney World Resort, the greater property of it. So Disney Springs and other hotels. One of the things that we did recently on a trip was we spent a day visiting other resorts. Now, I know that right now that looks a little different. You need to have a reservation for a dining experience or be ordering from the quick service mobile app uh, system to be able to go into that resort if you're not staying there. 
but those things will loosen up here as we go on, and uh, you'll be able to explore more. And and maybe that's already light loosened up a little bit. I think I've seen some things that make me think that it might have. Uh, but you know, that that free bus transportation gets you anywhere on property you want to be. Right. So um, that's a big deal, uh, not to mention as well, uh, at least for the time being, um, there is also the bus system that can bring you to and from the airport, the Magical Express. Uh, sadly, it, coming up in the future, this will be discontinued, although Caleb and I both feel that something will replace it. Um, this is also a benefit of staying on property. You've got buses that can pick you up from the airport and bring you back. So if you are flying in to Orlando, there really is no need for a rental car while you're on Disney, while you're staying at the Disney Resort, which is a huge benefit. That's a huge saved cost, not having to rent a vehicle or bring your own vehicle. Um, so that's, that's huge. Um, Let's see, we've already covered the multiple modes of transportation. Uh, we do want to mention, if you do drive to Walt Disney World, there is a fee for parking at the resorts. So if you're staying at Value Moderate or Deluxe, respectively, um, as, of, as of this podcast, um, which is airing uh, early 2021, um, they respectively are $15, $20, and $20 per night at Value, Moderate, and Deluxe Resorts. Um, this may sound, um, this may be surprising. Um, however, you would have to pay uh, parking if you were going to be driving to the parks and staying at the parks. So this way you can park your vehicle and utilize the free transportation so either way, you would have to be paying for parking if you were staying off property and parking your car all day in the Disney parking lots, you're going to be paying for parking. So uh, let that not be a total um, shocker there. Um, the next one, this is, a big, this is a big bullet point for us under the transportation heading. Uh, when staying off property, there are a, a number of wonderful hotels, good neighbor hotels, etc., and many of them do offer some free transportation. Some of them do offer that. However, we would say this this is a big however. They're often infrequent and sometimes less reliable. Um, we've had some friends experience this very recently. Um, so this is a you know firsthand experience that we know of um, when we had our last Disney stay. We had our good friends stay off property in a nice hotel and tried to use their hotel's free transportation. However, the bus only ran maybe a, two or three times um, in the morning hours at all. Whereas, like we said on Disney property, we're averaging potentially every 20 minutes. Um, so they got out there to wait for their bus. The bus was late. And then beyond that, once they got their bus, it made uh, several stops at many other resorts and places that they weren't aware of. Now, I will say that sometimes on Disney property, your bus will stop at other Disney resorts, but um, still, you're going to be on the Disney property and not going all over the place. So they had that experience, and they ended up getting to the parks much later than they anticipated. So, you know, the money that they spent for their park admission, a good portion of that um, was unfortunately wasted because they had to wait on their 
more unreliable, less frequent transportation. And the money that they saved, quote, quote unquote, staying off property, they ended up spending because they just were frustrated with the, the system, the bus system that they had in place, and they ended up using rideshare. So the money that they would have saved at their hotel, they ended up spending on rideshare to get to the parks. And a couple of things about the transporta- <clears throat> transportation to keep in mind. The value resorts, if you're staying, especially at an all-star resort, uh, that's probably when you're going to make more stops on the Disney transportation. You know, those buses are still running an average of every 20 minutes, but you'll make a few extra stops. If you're staying at a moderate or deluxe resort, there's often several stops, but they're at your resort. So like when we stayed at Coronado Springs, there were four stops, but they were all at Coronado Springs. So honestly, it didn't really take all that much time for us uh, you know, it was definitely a benefit to being on property that we had that transportation. And I've heard complaints before, you know, about that kind of thing. But I, I want to say like with that, you know, consider the, the opposite, you know, a bus that's running you routinely every 20 minutes. Yeah, you make a couple stops versus staying off property, saving a few bucks, being so frustrated with the transportation, stopping at multiple hotels, not just, you know, you know, Disney stops, but multiple hotels that are distance further apart um, and and not averaging every 20 minutes, uh, that's going to lead to a little bit more frustration. And we can speak from our experience as well. We did stay off property our one of our trips to Disney World. Um, I will say we were we were happy enough with the the availability of transportation. It was the Disney Magical Express or not Magical Express, but the Disney uh, bus system. Um, but we were at a good neighbor resort right next to Disney Springs at that time, downtown Disney. But we did have to make several stops um, that were, let's just say, far more than even when you would stay at like a value resort. So I think you can kind of see the 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 more perks you get by staying at, you know, a moderate or deluxe um, it, it comes down to all of these things. So all of that has to be considered when you're booking a trip to the most magical place on earth. All right. So the next major bullet point that point, sorry, pert that we have on our list is dining plan. Now this of course, in the middle of COVID is not an option, but it has been an option previously. And we do think that it will be an option that returns in, in some form and fashion. Um, Disney dining plans up until this point are only available or were only available to those staying at the Walt Disney World Resort. So um, we have found in years past the dining plan to be very helpful in budgeting dining costs. Now, this is something that does have to be weighed carefully depending on your family and their eating habits and their even, you know, um, just different things, little children that eat like birds and things like that, it may not necessarily be the most cost effective. But um, for your average family that are healthy eaters, I would say it's it's a good thing to look at. There are different tiers, and we're not going to get deeply into this because that's not what the episode is about, but just the fact that you have advantage of the dining plan. And one of the things I love about the Disney dining plan is it really helps you to budget your dining out beforehand. So you're, you know your, your meals are paid for in advance, um, including snacks, and very generous meals, uh, by the way, uh, 
if you use the Disney dining plan of any stripe, you are going to walk away with plenty of food. Um, so I love the fact that it helps you to budget it out beforehand. You're essentially paying your meals on the front end instead of as you go. And that can really help because all those, um, all those charges really add up and it really helps to curb some of that. So some of the ways that you can kind of figure that out, you know, as Chanel said, the word budgeted, that maybe might intimidate you a little bit. Um, Really pay attention to the cost of the food. So we're we're planners, obviously. We do that for a living. Uh, But we we check out these things like the menus, all that kind of stuff. We've talked about this a little bit on previous episodes. Find out what you can get with your dining plan. Uh, You know, find out what you kind of want to eat beforehand. We we are big proponents of planning that out, you know, figuring out what restaurant you're going to go to, what time you're going to go there. If it's quick service, you don't need a reservation. If it's table service, you do. Uh, those kind of things. But even take a look at the menu and, and try to find the meal that is sticking out to you as the most uh, yummy looking meal that they have and take advantage of the fact that your Disney dining plan is covering it. So get your your money's worth. One of the ways that that works is uh, that I constantly point to is snacks. If you get the Disney literature, um, which I love the Disney literature, you know, I've always enjoyed getting those things in the mail when when they're doing that kind of stuff. When you book a trip, just increases the magic. But you look through like the old Disney dining plan uh, guides that they used to send. I don't even think they send them out anymore. I think you have to go online to look at them. But they would only advertise like the most basic snacks on the Disney dining plan. And then you go into the park and you see the little dining symbol, the little snack symbol next to these items. But if you don't know about that, you're just going to settle for what was in the guide. So maybe you're getting an apple or a bottle of water or a small box of popcorn, not realizing that you could have plussed that a little bit and gone for, you know, a really fancy donut or a fancy, you know, chocolate caramel treat at the caramel you pronounce it (laughs) (laughs) i always butcher the pronunciation i'm not german enough for that um you know all those wonderful snack options there i mean you walk in there and uh your blood sugar just goes through the roof um i can attest to that uh and so you find these these more like deluxe type snacks you know i call them deluxe they're not officially known as deluxe snacks but find what you can get the most bang for your buck with and and go for it. That's how we've always um, kind of approached the dining plan. I know that there are people out there who have said that the dining plan just wasn't really worth it for them because um, maybe they had little ones with them that didn't really eat their full meals. And so they left with snack credits and meal credits remaining. So one tip there, a little insider tip, you can actually convert your meal credits for snack credits at the end there or anytime really but at the end there and you know buy a bunch of snacks at the the gift shop to take with you and keep the magic going for a few days when you get home uh now i advise you maybe don't pick up seven different varieties of rice krispie treats yeah so um 
we can teach you the ways of the dining plan. Uh, there are lots of little things to do to make sure you maximize that. And uh, that's something that we love to do if you ever, uh, here, here we go again, plug for us. Uh, if you ever book through us, we can definitely help you with uh, how to maximize your dining plan or to find out if it's even something that's worth it for your family. Okay, so final major bullet point is uh, magic and theming. So um, that's a word that is tossed around a lot at Disney World, the Disney magic, the Disney magic. Um, really, I guess there's there's sometimes no other way to describe it. Now, we know it's not real hocus pocus, but it's just when we say the Disney magic, we are talking about their intention to detail, their storytelling, the theming. Everything is well thought out. If you, uh, if you visit the Disney parks, and maybe not every average Disney goer knows this, but everything that you see around you is very carefully crafted and well thought out. Everything from the ambient music that's playing in the background to the smells that you are encountering in in not just in the parks, but in the resort hotels themselves. Each resort has its own smell that's unique to it. And Disney knows what they're doing. They know that smell is a major uh, endorphin creator and that um, we have these certain pleasant smells that we connect with pleasant memories. And so this is why people keep coming back. Um, there are even companies out there that um, that market on this and create candles and scents that are reminiscent to different Disney attractions, parks, and hotels. It's great. We love it. It's a lot of fun. So anyway, when we talk about the Disney magic and the theming, we're talking about all the details, everything from the pavement beneath your feet even. Uh, many people don't know this, but in the Disney parks, as you go through, um, even things like the the pavement and the the ground beneath you will change to suit uh, the storyline in the area that you're in. Um, in Epcot, you'll see um, you'll see um, markings and colorings in the pavement to denote different rivers of the world that you're essentially going over as you cross into different countries in World Showcase. The same thing will happen as you're in Magic Kingdom and you're crossing into the different uh, lands, going from Frontierland to Fantasyland and and all of these places. Um, subtle details that you can look for. So anyway, when we say Disney Magic, we're talking about just all the extra details that go into these parks. They're no ordinary theme parks. Um, there's lots of thought and artistry that goes into them. So one of the best things about staying at a Walt Disney World Resort Hotel is losing yourself completely in the aforementioned magic. Um, from the moment you arrive on property, you don't, um, and you don't have to leave property uh, unless if you want to. Uh, it can be a completely immersive experience. And uh, that's just something that really grabbed us after staying even the very first time at a Disney resort. Like I said, we've done both. And there are certainly reasons not to. Um, perhaps you have family in the area or you have uh, timeshares in the area or you have special deals or, or things like that. Um, you know, we can certainly, that can certainly be navigated. But we always ad advise staying on property when it's possible. And I'll, I'll uh, give my example of my current favorite resort, and then I'll let Caleb say what he would like to say. Um, but uh, my current favorite is Coronado Springs. That was our most recent stay. 
absolutely love the theming of this resort. It's considered a moderate level. Caleb, like Caleb mentioned, he would almost call it moderate plus. And I've even heard other Disney experts say they almost consider it a deluxe, but at a moderate price. So um, it's so fun to learn, like I said, about each of these resorts. And for example, at Coronado Springs and the newly Grand Destino Tower, it harkens to a um, somewhat little-known artist, um, a somewhat little-known uh, piece of work between uh, Walt Disney himself and surreal, surrealist artist Salvador Dali. Back in the 1940s, they collaborated to begin to create um, a beautiful animated work called Destino, for which the Grand Destino Tower is named after. Now, this work went un incompleted until 2003, um, at which time it was completed. And so the tower is that is just that namesake, Destino, Grand Destino Tower, from this um, beautiful piece of art that was uh, almost lost. Um, also in the tower, there are nods to this work everywhere. But again, you wouldn't know unless if you kind of did a little bit of research. So that's why I love staying at these resorts and I love the Disney parks is I love doing the background work to find out why they did things the way that they did. And in the lobby area, there's a, a showing, a continual showing of um, that recently or fairly recently restored work between Walt Disney and Salvador Dali. Um, and it's absolutely beautiful. And uh, also the Dahlia Lounge on the top of the um, and on top of the Grand Destino Tower is also a nod to that. So beautiful theming. I love the um, Spanish and um, Central and South American subtle theming that runs throughout the resort as well. Like I mentioned before, I'm a huge Three Caballeros fan, so I love the subtleties there in the room as well that go along with the Three Caballeros theming. So I just think it's a beautiful resort, and that's just an example of the extreme um, attention to detail and storytelling that I wanted to share as my example of why I love the Disney resorts. Caleb? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I can't really add a whole lot to that. So <laughs> uh, I, I won't try other than to say, you know, there's just something amazing about, you know, being able to really go on vacation, you know, like to really get away. You know, you shut down the world outside, you, you know... <sighs> I know we mentioned the Magical Express might be disappearing. Um, we know it will be closing in its current form in 2022. I believe something is coming. I know there's talk about like a bullet train system being built, but I think Disney probably has some other plans as well because that's just such an integral part of getting people to the parks. But it's almost like the moment you arrive in Orlando, you're just you're you're experiencing the magic, you know. Not that the Orlando airport's all that magical, but uh, you know, once you're on the Disney Magical Express, it's like everything that you left behind is out of mind, out of sight, and now you're experiencing the magic. And that's my biggest reason for really telling people and encouraging people to stay on property is just that you know you really do shut off everything else. I know. You could probably find cheaper places to stay in Orlando, and many do. And if that's your that's your cup of tea, then go for it. But uh, as for me and my house, as often as we're able to, we're going to check out Disney resorts because for us, it, it's worth the money that we spend on it. 
you know, we, we are budgeters, you know, even right now as we're preparing and thinking about a potential trip, spoiler, um, we, we've, we've begun to set up a budget. We've begun to look at what we can do. And that's, that's kind of how we do it. And I, I would love to walk you through those processes as well, give you some tips. Uh, but really consider staying at one of the resorts on property and lose yourself in the immersion, lose yourself in the magic, and really take a break from everything else that's outside that you that you want to get away from. Everything, you, All the reasons you are taking a vacation. As always, our episodes are sponsored by That Vacation Company, where we'd love to answer any other questions you may have about the Disney Resort Hotels. And even if you choose not to stay on property, which again is completely fine, it has its own merits, um, not staying on property. We'd love to help you look into other options um, or the options of staying on property and put together a no-obligation quote for you. We are That Vacation Company, serving you the most delightful destinations. (laughs) 